Hey folks, Hyrulean here, and welcome back to another podcast thing. Today, I wanted to sit down with you and talk about my experiences after a week of playing Helldivers 2. This isn't going to be a proper review or anything, but as somebody who was not anticipating this game at all, and has never really been that much into horde shooters... I thought it would be neat to kind of sit down and talk about how much I have been enjoying this game. So we're just going to kind of get into some first impression type deals today. I've been playing the game for a week today, and I'm currently sitting at about 20 hours in the game. So I'm not super far. I'd say I'm about halfway through uh, some of the more basic progression stuff. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to sit down and talk about this title because I really do have a lot to say because I do find it very polarizing. And there's a number of things that I really like and was really surprised by. And then there are some things uh, that I also was a little bit disappointed by and I was also not a super big fan of. Um, but overall, I'd say my impression on the game has been very positive uh, so I thought it'd be fun to kind of sit down and talk about how I found a game in a genre that I hadn't really given a second look at, and I ended up really liking it. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into it. So to kind of frame my perspective around this entire game, I wanted to mention that I have never even heard of Helldivers before. I never played Helldivers 1 and I've never really been a big fan of tactical, top-down type games like that. Uh, it is a sort of more like a twin-stick shooter, I guess, than a tactical game. But either way, I think I probably would have seen it on Steam and not really given it a second look. Especially considering I've never really been that big into these kinds of games. Uh, the strategy genre has always kind of scared me, and I've dabbled with certain strategy games, but I, I honestly would have seen this game and assumed it was just another one of those like big strategy games. Um, but it turns out it's a horde game, a horde shooter, and I have played some horde shooters. I've played a little bit of Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, I believe Left 4 Dead technically counts, but... I mean, it's also not really the same thing, but, you know, I looked up a Horde Shooters and it said Left 4 Dead, so I had to mention that. Um, I've played a decent bit of the first two Serious Sam games, which I guess those are technically Horde Shooters, though they're a lot more like boomer shooters with just a lot of enemies on screen, but they're fun nonetheless. Um, and also, this wasn't mentioned, but Risk of Rain 2 kind of feels like a Horde Shooter in many ways. And I love Risk of Rain 2. I purchased it right when it came out, and I had trouble getting into it. And then recently, a friend of mine got me back into it, and I've put a ton of hours into Risk of Rain 2 now, and I've really been enjoying Risk of Rain 2. And although that's technically a roguelike, it feels like a roguelike wrapped around a horde shooter. So that's a good comparison point for me as well. Um, and also, I've played a tiny little bit of Earth Defense Force, a.k.a. EDF. And I would say that if you've played EDF, that's probably the closest comparison for somebody like me to give you. EDF is very much a super satirical, 
a very Japanese style version of what Helldivers is in many ways. But those are kind of uh, some of my background experiences with the horde shooter genre as a whole. And I honestly just wanted to make that known. I have very little experience with the horde shooter genre. So if you're wanting to hear impressions from somebody who's played a lot of similar games to Helldivers, this is probably not the podcast for you. But either way, let's switch gears now and go ahead and talk about the studio behind Helldivers 2, Arrowhead Game Studios. So as far as I can tell, Arrowhead Game Studios, looking at their website here, is mostly just known for Helldivers 1 and 2. Uh, Through Paradox, they published a magic adventure game called Magicka. Uh, Through Warner Brothers, they published a hack-and-slash dungeon crawler game called Gauntlet. And another game through Paradox they published is a 2.5D action game called The Showdown Effect that I've never heard of before. Uh, But it goes without saying that they are mostly well-known for Helldivers 1 and 2. And Helldivers 1 had a bit of a cult following, and it released back in 2013 on PS3 and PS4, and I think even PS Vita. Um, But ultimately in 2015, it ended up getting ported to PC. So PlayStation, it turns out, has been publishing games to PC for quite a while. Uh, And this is the first game they've released simultaneously on PlayStation and PC in the form of Helldivers 2. And I think many people, myself included, kind of assumed that this was a double-A studio rather than an indie studio, especially since, you know, Sony owns the IP of Helldivers and they published the game. But it turns out that Arrowhead Game Studios is an independent studio, and it's very much its own thing. Though I suspect that that might change eventually now that Helldivers has become such a big deal. Um, But considering the fact that they have made multiple other games published by other teams, that would definitely lead me to believe that this is an indie studio that just had a publishing deal and an advertisement deal with Sony. So this is still an independent game at the end of the day. Uh, But now I want to switch gears again and actually talk about the game itself. Now, I'm definitely no Helldivers lore buff, uh, but I will quickly attempt to describe the story in my own words. So in Helldivers 2, uh, you and your friends play as Helldivers, which are basically the elite soldiers of the intergalactic army of Super Earth, uh, which of course is Earth but Super. And uh, from what I can tell, it's called Super Earth because everyone on the planet Earth has united under one government, uh, which seems to be based off of the propaganda you see in the game, uh, completely based off of the U.S., Uh, And as these super soldiers, you are tasked with spreading democracy and pushing back forces that seek to interfere with it. And uh, this means that you're going to be going out on the battlefield and fighting in two different wars, one against a group of bugs 
and one against a group of human-killing robots named the Automatons. Uh, and this game is nowhere near as humorous as Earth Defense Force, uh, but I still think it probably should be mentioned that there is quite a bit of silliness between matches, and when the jokes are cracked, they're usually at the expense of the U.S. government in our world, um, and it's kind of like a wink-wink, nudge-nudge kind of thing. Uh, but that being said, in the actual matches themselves, jokes are kept to a minimum, and it really is just you, your stratagem, and thousands of bots or bugs, depending on where you deploy. Uh, but it is basically an ongoing strife between these two different wars going on, where the bugs and the automatons are trying to get to Earth, and uh, in the story, we are trying to push them back and keep them away. And they kind of have this whole live service game thing going on where the story is going to progress as the game exists. And there are already teases of two possible extra factions from the first Helldivers games also starting a war with us from the north and the south of the galaxy map. So... Eventually, we're going to be surrounded on all sides, and it's going to be a true all-out war where we're just trying to hold our own in the center of our galaxy, which is our planet. So that's kind of an overview of the story of Helldivers so far. So at this point, you might be wondering, what is Helldivers 2 actually like to play? Uh, so at its core, Helldivers 2 is a standard third-person shooter, horde shooter, uh, and it has very deliberate and kind of slow, in some cases, feeling gunplay. Uh, it's very much enemies have weak points, you have limited ammo, you know, you do the math. Certain weapons are better for certain enemies, and you kind of really have to focus in on trying to hit enemy weak points and kind of uh, strategizing on how you want to best use your abilities in order to get a one-up on them and not get overwhelmed. And honestly, the gunplay does feel very impactful and fun. I found most of the guns to be very enjoyable to use, and it's very fun unlocking different types of guns specifically and seeing how they fare against the different enemies of the universe. Um, and in addition to guns, you also have this loadout of unlockable powers uh, called stratagems. Uh, and they can basically be anything from something as simple as deploying a stronger weapon for you to use, like a heavy machine gun or a sniper rifle, all the way up to dropping a nuke on the damn battlefield. Like, it gets crazy, some of the nukes you can drop on the battlefield. Um, and basically after you use them, they have a cooldown and take a certain amount of time to recharge. And I'd say a big part of the game is keeping an eye on those cooldowns and making sure you have enough stims and ammo to make it until you have a resupply cooldown expire so you can get another resupply in. And there's a lot of strategy involved in picking the correct loadout for the correct mission, which we'll get into what the actual missions look like in a little bit. Uh, but overall, this is a bit of a slower-paced third-person shooter, very objective-based, and you're really just trying to, uh, you know, take out the enemy robots or bugs if you're a little wuss and not get overwhelmed. 
it's honestly very impressive to me how well they have made each weapon situational and each stratagem. Like, there are certain airstrikes that are better for certain situations over other airstrikes. And as you play the game, you kind of learn, like, oh, okay, this mission, I'm going to want this type of airstrike because I'm going to have to blow up buildings or... I'm going to want this type of airstrike because I'm going to have to face large groups of enemies, uh, that kind of thing. And some other stratagems you can get as well are things like deployable turrets uh, that fire upon enemies with different types of ammo. And there's like four or five different types of turrets, I think, maybe even more than that. Uh, and there's also different backpacks that you can deploy as well, and each of the backpacks have kind of some unique features as well like there's a backpack that lets you hold extra supplies there's a backpack that lets you have a little shield for your guy and there's even a backpack that lets you deploy a killer drone that'll kind of guard an area around you and then return to your backpack to recharge every so often it's honestly really cool so the game starts on your ship and from your ship you can upgrade all of your gear unlock new gear, and you can claim rewards from the different battle passes, which we'll get into. Uh, but when you actually want to play a match, you have all your friends join your lobby, and then you head over to the galaxy map in your ship, uh, and you pick which war you want to fight in, whether it's the bugs or the bots. You pick a sector of the galaxy to fight in, pick a planet to fight on, choose a difficulty, then you get to select an area with different mission objectives to pick from. And basically, you can think of it like a sector of a planet. There are a couple different types of missions going on, and if you complete all of the missions in those sectors, you get bonus rewards. And there's a lot of different difficulties in this game as well. Anything from, like, trivial all the way up to like suicide mission and beyond are available and they basically kind of just keep it so uh, all of the different difficulty options are available and there are some that are kind of impossible if you're playing the game by yourself and there are some that even with a full squad of four people are very difficult and nearly impossible as well so there's lots of different difficulty options as well. Some of the different types of objectives and missions you could find yourself doing on the planets include things like, you know, escorting citizens and scientists and launching multi-stage rockets, defending locations, uh, killing some boss enemies, raising the super earth flag to liberate an area. And that's just the main objectives, and there's a lot more than that. There's also side objectives on every map that can be completed for additional rewards, which are things like calibrating radar dishes, blowing up enemy communication towers, recovering data that was lost in an escape pod that crashed, destroying enemy camps, and, you know, the like. There's a lot of objectives on the different maps in these games, in these games, in this game. And uh, after completing all of the objectives that you can in the time limit, because yes, each mission is timed, uh, you then have to get to an extraction point and call down the evac shuttle, uh, which takes two minutes and during which you have to defend yourself from hordes of enemies the entire time. And this is honestly where the game gets the most intense uh, because you have a limited number of respawns for your entire team, and then after you run out of those, you get one additional respawn every two minutes. So what happens is 
if you uh, get to the evac point, you could end up losing all of your respawns and then you're by yourself while all of your friends are just watching you try to stay alive while there's tons and tons of enemies surrounding you. Or if you uh, go past the time limit, you use you uh, lose access to all of your stratagems. So that includes being able to respawn your friends. So there's been many a times where I've been in the middle of extracting. All of my friends have died, and it's just been me trying to survive thousands of bugs. And I'd say like three out of four times I end up just dying immediately. And the other one-fourth of the time... I end up miraculously surviving and everybody in the group gets really hyped. So it really creates tense and exciting moments in the game. And honestly, that is probably one of the strongest things about this game is the intensity of some of the moments in the game itself. And after you do finally extract or all of you die and you have no respawns left, uh, you get sort of a mission status screen uh, which will tell you if you succeeded or failed your main mission, and then go over all of the possible side objectives you could have completed. And basically, a running tally of XP and requisition slips are created, which are basically the free, current, the free currency. And uh, the more you complete, the more you get. The faster you complete it, the more you get. Uh, the more of you that extract, the more you get. And it is possible that none of you extract, but as long as you complete the main objective, you do still get quite a bit of stuff from doing that. Uh, and there really is a lot of different types of rewards you can get for completing missions as well. And that's not even mentioning all of the hidden rewards you can find around the map while you're actually playing as well. Uh, by doing a little bit of exploring, including the uh, premium currency, the uh, game's equivalent to battle stars to redeem stuff on the battle passes, and, you know, a ton of other stuff as well. There is seriously, like, so much uh, intricacy in kind of deciding how you want to spend your time during the missions to maximize your XP gain and your currency gain uh, by the end of the mission. And after you do finally complete the mission, uh, whether it be extracting or otherwise, uh, you get to see the liberation percentage for the planet that your team contributed. And what this is, is basically the game has this really cool gimmick feature where the community all work together to liberate certain planets and to defend certain planets. And every single player who plays the game and completes a mission uh, sort of contributes to that in the means of a percentage of the planet's freedom, I guess you could put it. Uh, it's a little bit hard to explain, but once you see it in the game, it's very much a nice feature that sort of brings the community together uh, and centered around a specific goal. And already tons of different YouTube and TikTok accounts have been created to kind of coordinate different planets to have the community attack together or defend together and it really is a thing that makes this game feel like it has a lot friendlier and nicer community uh, than a lot of other games it's like a team building activity for all of the hundreds of thousands of players currently playing the game which is really cool um, but let's kind of uh, finish up talking about the game itself here 
and let's go ahead and talk about some of the technical and performance-related aspects of the game, since it is a 2024 PC game that I've played after all. So I want to open up this technical analysis by saying that the game does run well enough uh, for a title with this much going on in the matches. There are always thousands and thousands of enemies on screen in this game, unless you're kind of away from the crowds. And as such, on like medium to high settings, my moderately good system has no trouble hitting 60 FPS most of the time. Uh, and that being said, without enemies around, I'm easily over 100 FPS in most areas. Um, but, you know, obviously performance can always be improved, but this is a very acceptable amount of performance for the kind of game that this is. And uh, what I would recommend to you, especially if you have an older PC that might not be absolutely ready to demolish this game, uh, I would start on minimum settings and kind of slowly raise up the graphic settings and trying different matches out until you end up with a good balance between playable and decent graphics. Because I gotta be honest, the graphics are really just okay. The intro cutscene kind of uh, tricked me because it's very beautiful and very like high graphics quality, but the game itself looks something that looks like something that would be comfortable running on a PS4 or an Xbox One. If I'm being honest with you, it's basically as good as it can look for the sheer number of enemies on screen if you know if you ask me it's not really a deal breaker but that's something to keep in mind a lot of the particle effects are really cool and a lot of the environmental shading is very cool but in terms of textures and uh, model quality and that kind of thing this isn't going to absolutely blow you away even at the highest settings in my opinion um, but that being said uh, at least the menus are kept to a minimum and they're not too tedious to navigate. Uh, and that includes the stratagem menu, which is super fun because it's basically there to allow you to frantically have to press certain button combinations in to use your different abilities. And it makes the uh, intensity of encounters a lot higher when you have to hit a certain combination of arrow keys in order to throw down your, you know, airstrike while you're being shot at by hundreds and hundreds of bots. You know, it, it makes it really exciting and fun. And uh, I want to say too, as far as the stratagem menu goes, people who set up macros for the stratagem menu are fucking cowards and they should be kicked off, uh, kicked off the hell diver squad or whatever. They're, they're fucking traitors. Um, anyway, <laughs> I also uh, would like to say I only crashed once and it was on like the very first day I played and it was while I was joining a match. Um, and unlike other players, I think I've been able to mostly avoid the uh, the loading screens where you have to wait for hours and hours to get into the game. I think they kind of have been working to improve that and I've been very lucky, but I also don't really play during peak hours. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, but yeah, they've kind of changed it too. So instead of sitting at the loading screen and waiting to get into the game, they'll at least let you on your ship and uh, you can kind of uh, do your upgrades and check things out. And then once you finally load into a game, that's when you might have some issues if you don't have a squad to play with or if you're playing at peak hours. Um, but they are working on improving that every single day. 
And a lot of people talk about how they said to wait. They now have come back and said that they are comfortable with the amount of players their servers can handle. I think they said that they're up to 800,000 concurrent players possible on their servers now, uh, which is great because the last weekend that I played, we nearly got there and the servers held on and it was just fine. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. Um, and I didn't really experience the black screen issue that some players were experiencing, which apparently has been fixed. Um, but I did have a pretty annoying problem once where I could not load into any matches for some reason. And I was trying to figure out why. And I spent like an hour or two trying to figure out why all of my friends were online and able to get into lobbies. And I seemed to be the only one that couldn't. And it turns out that I just needed to reset my router. I reset my router out of frustration and that ended up fixing it, which was really strange and not really like any other problem I've had in any PC game before. This is definitely not my fault. I don't think it's a server issue though. I think it's probably an issue with the game. Uh, so hopefully it's something they can fix and address in a future patch. And while there are some minor bugs in the games and weird oddities like that, I would say overall it's it's pretty glitch-free and pretty performant, and they've managed to polish out a lot of that launch period jank that the game originally kind of uh, got a lot of flack for. And I really want to emphasize at this point, they did tell people to kind of chill it and wait a little bit uh, on buying the game while they kind of up the server count a little bit. Uh, but they are completely confident in the amount of players that can join the server now, and they say that everything should be perfectly fine. So if you were one of those people that were waiting to buy the game because of the fact that they said to wait until they could improve the number of players that could join the server, now is your chance. They improved it, so get your ass on the battlefield. So now I want to go ahead and talk about why I ended up waiting a week after the game came out before I ended up buying it. And uh, that all starts with a little game called Pal World. I instantly bought Pal World and I really enjoyed what I played of it, but I got busy playing some other games and have not picked it up since. And I was really worried that was going to happen again with Helldivers. I've been checking out so many games recently. I've been playing so much different stuff. Uh, that games have to really do something special to hold my attention. And Pal World, at the end of the day, was kind of just a mixture of some games that I've already played, and it was not able to hold my attention after some more interesting stuff released. Uh, but that being said, I will head back to Pal Worlds at some point, and I will definitely play it again. Uh, but I got to say, Helldivers... This was not the case at all. Helldivers is something unique, and it's not really like anything I've ever played before. And as such, it is doing a very good job of holding my attention. I have played it every single day since I bought it. And I love that since, you know, AAA developers are kind of taking a break this year, since they kind of uh, released a lot of great stuff in 2023, and they have a ton of great stuff planned for 2025 smaller game studios like this, like the people behind Pal Worlds, like the people behind all these great indie games coming out this year, are really having an opportunity to shine. 
It's really exciting for me to kind of get on and see what new indie games are releasing soon uh, every day when I hop on Steam. So if you want to hear some more about some interesting indie games coming out this year or already that have come out this year, uh, definitely check out the recent episode of uh, the Switched podcast where I talk about some indie games. Um, Another reason why I waited on this game is it is... $40, but it still has microtransactions and a battle pass. And the reason I have not mentioned this beforehand is because before I bought this game, it was a huge red flag to me. Uh, But in general, I find that Helldivers 2 does not give players any real incentive uh, to spend money in the game. The items in the Superstore, which is like the premium currency shop, are all armor sets, and while they're not technically purely cosmetic, uh, none of them are exclusive to the premium currency shop, Uh, but they also do give you premium currency in quite an abundancy as rewards on different levels and in the various battle passes, so I'd say after about 20 hours of play, you should have plenty of the premium currency to spend on stuff in the item shop, or on the premium battle passes. Now, speaking of the battle passes, there are currently two in the game. Uh, One that is going to be free forever, and it will be given to every player who purchases the game and will always have the same items. It's 10 pages long and filled with tons of neat rewards like weapons, armor, pod upgrades, premium currency, and it will always be available and it will never cycle out. And then the other battle pass is a premium $10 battle pass uh, that will basically be on a rotation. So this battle pass is running right now. You buy it for $10, you get to keep it forever. It's three pages with very expensive and time-consuming to unlock rewards um, that will always be available to you if you spend the $10 to buy the battle pass. But I want to emphasize, after about 20 hours of playing you can fairly easily unlock this premium battle pass if you care to. Uh, And I've found that there's not really a lot in it that I care about unlocking in my time playing so far, but that's just me. Um, And so if you don't buy this battle pass before it expires, you will not be able to get it. But if you do buy this battle pass, you'll get to keep it forever, uh, which is a really nice feature. They're not going to take it away if you don't complete it by a certain date. Uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, But I really do have to admit, I'm not a super big fan of the fact that there are certain weapons that are exclusive to the premium battle pass. Uh, Right now, it's just like an explosive assault rifle, uh, like fire ammo shotgun, a cool revolver, that kind of thing. I wish that weapons were not kept behind battle passes, but You know, that's something that they may or may not change in the future. I kind of hope they do. Uh, But at least it is possible to purchase these premium battle passes with premium credits uh, that you can earn in the game fairly easily. Overall, would I have preferred for them to just make the game $60 instead of $40 and skip all of this microtransaction crap? Absolutely. Uh, But at the end of the day, Sony has been looking for a live service game for their platform, and I think this is kind of the one that they're going to push in the future. So at least we know this game is going to get continued support. And honestly, do I think this game will stay around 
absolutely. Even if the player numbers kind of drop off like a lot of these fad games do, um, I do think that this game is interesting and engaging enough uh, that I'll probably treat it like Fortnite, where I'll play a couple rounds every week or so, and then when there's a big update, I'll play a ton of the game after the big updates come out. I think this game will work good for a game like that. And as long as they keep updating it, I'll keep coming back and checking it out. Well, folks, there you have it. There is a Horde Shooter noobs impressions on Helldivers 2 after about a week of playing. Honestly, for me, the pros boil down to the fact that the game is very replayable and fun with friends, has great gameplay mechanics and gunplay, very cinematic battles, lots of upgrades to work towards, uh, the whole neat community-driven galaxy map gimmick, and honestly, some of the cons are more that the graphics are just okay and the performance is just okay. Uh, there's not a lot of mobility options on planets. Like, I'd love to see mechs get introduced at some point, which I hear they are, and other mobility things as well. Like, a, a better jetpack or, you know, some sort of, like, a hover bike would be really neat to see as well. Um, also, it's kind of a con that some of the neat weapons are locked behind the premium battle pass. I'd rather have those available to everyone, uh, but it is obtainable and unlockable. It just takes a little bit more grinding to unlock if you uh, want those items and you don't want to pay. Uh, there are some technical issues with the game as well, like that strange router issue I had. Uh, and then the last thing is, the game is not as fun by yourself, in my opinion. This is a really uh, good example of a game that benefits from the more friends you have to play it with, and I think it only multiplies. So having one person to play it with is great, Having two people to play it with is better. And having three so you can have a full squad really makes this game pop and is the most fun to be had. Uh, and it really is kind of boring playing by yourself. It is still kind of fun. Uh, but unless you want to play with randos and kind of just queue up with a bunch of random people, uh, you're not going to get a lot of progression in playing the game entirely by yourself, especially not on that premium battle pass where the rewards cost a lot more medals uh, and you kind of have to grind out a lot of games as a solo player to unlock those medals because you can't play at the higher difficulties which reward you with more medals unless you have other people to play with. So overall, at the end of the day, for $40, Helldivers 2 is a very fun and engaging multiplayer title uh, with some live service elements that are a little bit questionable, but at the end of the day are better than what other studios are doing. And for that $40 price tag, I feel like right now the game is very much worth it. And as they add more and more content and kind of release new seasons in the future, the game is going to become even more intricate and there's going to be different enemies to fight and there's going to be different stuff to do. And even if those do come as paid expansions, I think that the game is going to get even more exciting as the time goes on. So that's some of my thoughts on Helldivers 2, folks. I hope you enjoyed hearing my perspective on all of this. Uh, and yeah, I'll be back with some more podcast type stuff real soon. Thanks for listening, folks, and remember to protect democracy.
uh, or whatever the Helldivers guys say. Uh, for Super Earth!